Welcome to Radio Rehab's Entertainment Special. This is one of our entertainment special episodes. Uh, We've been doing a few of these lately, which is cool. Today's guest is Paul Mercurio, stand-up comedian, also a writer. This guy, okay, first of all, he's hilarious. And we're having him on the show because he's in town. He's he's doing two shows, Friday and Saturday, at the Punchline Comedy Club here in San Francisco. Um, he's also going on a tour. PaulMercurio.com if you want to find out his other tour dates. It's M-E-C-U-R-I-O. Not like Mercury. It's Mercurio. Um, not just is he hilarious, he's also like a behind-the-scenes guy who's written everything that I've personally laughed at for the past like 20 years. I'm glad you liked him. Oh, uh, I love it. I, like I'm like I'm, I'm hooked. I'm a fan because uh, I'm into he's him. a he's an old friend of mine because um, I've had him on a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Back even back to my you know, like my old Alice days and stuff like that. And then um when I was doing Brave and mm-hmm. SMF and yeah stuff totally. with Maddie and Marcus. Um. And so he's he's just he's great because he knows he gets it and he knows yeah. it and he does it and you know like he's just so smart because he used to be a lawyer. And yeah, he's witty. I know. Yeah. How many comedians like used to be a Wall Street lawyer? That's just. But uh, yeah, so he and usually whenever he's in town, he, you know, he'll, you know, send me a text or he'll send me an email and be like, hey, I'm in town. You know, like kind of like what you got for me. He usually wants to. He was actually asking to come on a show that, you know, is no longer. So I was like, okay, well, you know, let's. You know, let's let's do this and let's do a bunch of other stuff. And so I've been working with him, and I'm gonna have him on. You know, a few of my, you know, a couple of my newer shows, Radio Rehab included. Yes. And so um, I want him on every time he's in town. Like, oh, and, he's and he will. Hilarious. And, and well, now that we now that you've kind of established that rapport with him, we can you know we can book him for an hour and have him you know on for an hour instead of you know like the. 20 minutes that we ran over time with. Yeah, seriously. Today. <laughs> the listeners are the listeners are going to love him. Like, I mean, he's so funny. This guy's written he's written for the Daily Show since like it was the beginning, you know, back when Kill, Craig Kilborn hosted the Daily Show. I've been watching the Daily Show for that long. It's before Jon Stewart. I had to actually learn to love Jon Stewart because I liked Craig Kilborn so much. It's funny cuz I gave you that prep yesterday or last night, and it seems like every time you read it, you reread it. And, and you, something you, else pops you out. You discover something new. He's he's like long gone. He's already went to his next press thing. And you're like, oh, God, oh, oh, crap. Well, there's <laughs> so much I could have talked to him. I mean, I could have kept him here for three hours. Like, he was on Dr. Katz on Comedy Central. That was my favorite thing. Oh, my God. The therapist. And then uh, he did Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. I love Colin Quinn. Um, he, like, yeah, but he writes for Stephen Colbert, and I love Stephen Colbert, who doesn't, my mom does. Uh, like, just, it, I've been laughing at his stuff for forever. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I had to talk about him, this with him off mic. Um, back when Craig Kilborn was doing The Daily Show, there was a person named Beth Littleford on it, and she did, uh, these interview specials, kind of like Martha Stewart style, um, you know, where it would be like soft lighting, like Barbara Walters kind of thing. But she would make the people so uncomfortable that she was interviewing. Like, she did a Willie Ames interview. And it was so, you know, uh, what's his name? Buddy Limbeck from Charles and Charles. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. So, I remember him. So, yeah. So she, and it's like, Paul probably Bible wrote man? that interview. Isn't he Bible man now? Yeah. And that's why the interview was so uncomfortable. And at the end of it, the end of the interview, and I, I don't know if Paul wrote this or not, she goes, Willie Ames, but usually misses. I'm not, I was like, oh my God. And I'm t- I just looked down at when that was. It was 1998. 
And I remember through my drug and alcohol addled brain, this this brain that was ruined of mine, I remember it. That's saying a lot about this guy's skills. Like, I remember something from 1998. Me? Hello. That's hilarious. <laughs> For me to remember anything in the 90s is huge. <laughs> I love it. But, um, but yeah, and, you know, it's, we've... Um... You know, like a lot of people, because I feel like I, because I've had Paul on so many different shows before mm-hmm. in, in the past, um, it's going to be fun to, you know, kind of expose him to like a new crowd, which is the radio rehab crowd. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you guys are going to love him. And, and you know, you, like we've got some good stories. Like some of the, like, um, you know, well, he's had Paul McCartney and we're going to, you know, we go into that in, the, in this episode. Yeah. Right? You guys are going to get to hear an actual voicemail from Sir Paul McCartney. But, I kid you not. But yeah, it's like those, he's, he's just, the dude's got some great stories because he's been doing so much stuff for so long. So he's great. And I love New Yorkers. I mean, he's just got that whole New York vibe and he's witty and oh, he's yeah. funny and he's so quick. He's, like you can tell his brain's working like overtime. He's great. Go see him at the Punchline this weekend, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Um, we're going to have a link to all of that on our social media. His podcast is Two Chairs and a Microphone. Social media is at Paul Mercurio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And laugh and, at his jokes on... And the Colbert <laughs> Report. It's like He's so funny. Um, if you want to call us or text us, it's 415-496-9511. Our email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab. Dana, enjoy our interview with Paul Mercurio, one of my new favorite people in the world. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. We are here in studio with Paul Mercurio, who is at the Punchline Comedy Club this weekend. Two shows Friday and two shows Saturday. And also, you do the podcast, Two Chairs and a Microphone, which yes. is available on iTunes. Thanks so much for being yeah, on the show. thanks for having me. I like your t-shirt. Oh, Sonic thank you. Youth, My cool. Sonic Youth t-shirt. Yeah, it's like band t-shirt week. I feel like I'm not really trying <laughs> to make a point, you know, but I've been wearing a band t-shirt every day this yeah, week. Yeah, it's very cool. I do like Nice Sonic to meet youth. you. It's nice to meet you, too. I've heard a lot about you. We have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. We were just talking Maddie, and Charlene's awesome, and she keeps calling me middle of the night. Yeah, what, she's crazy. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter. Where? Yeah. Private parts. She, she I try not to, to do it. I, every time, like, I, I, I always, because we're always really quick on the reply to each other. I know. But then there'll be times I'll be like, oh, it's like three o'clock in the morning over there. Oh, me? Yeah, no. Uh, you, you can, you, I'm, I'm up all the time. And then if I'm not, Andrea will tell you. It's a pain in the ass, right, Andrea? And uh, look, she's not shaking her head. I knew it. Uh, um, no, I, uh, yeah, you can, anytime. It's like 20, it's like a 24-7 thing, so. You can know. always be texted no matter what? Well, I'm asleep, but like I, you know, like sometimes stuff will come up and it'll be like midnight. I try not to talk to people after hours, but like, right. I don't know. It's like whatever, you know what I mean? It's just like you're trying to connect the dots and stuff like that. But she can call, you know, I'm I'm fine. Like, cause I'm, if my phone's off, I'll get it when I get wake up. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather people respond. Like, I like, I hate the thing where somebody goes, uh, uh, I'll like email. I, I need to talk to you about something. Like this happened with my uh, agent, and the assistant writes back, "What do you? What would you want to talk about?" I go, "Well, I need to talk about what. What is this? What is it about? And can you do it in an email?" And I, 
finally fucking. Oops, sorry. No, no go uh, ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. Can I swear? Yeah, totally. Oh, awesome. So I said, uh, I want to talk to this person on the phone. I'm not going to email you. That was six emails. And then I'm like, I got on and told my agent, I go, listen, if I tell somebody that works with you or for you, I need to talk on the phone. I don't need to go through a gauntlet of questions to justify why I got to talk to you. Just get on the fucking phone. I wasted seven to 10 minutes going back and forth with this douchebag about fucking whether or not I should talk to you. And he was, you know, it wasn't his fault. He was like apologetic. So, and then I tend to say stuff because I get confrontational with people if they're assholes. So that's not. Well, yeah, that's to be expected. I mean, if you say you want to talk on the phone to somebody, you clearly don't want to talk about it in an email, especially not to the person who you don't even want to talk to to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So, and people don't listen half the time and people don't read emails the way they should. So like, I just like get on the phone and talk, but there's like, that's just, I just, people are just like in their own world. So I get like, you know. And then I get into these fights with people about stuff, and then I have to, like, my my wife is like, don't, like, I, like, I was trying to, like, even, like, just about a week ago, I was trying to get ba- a bag when I, I had stuff on the express lane belt, and they, there were, like, eight items on the belt, and the guy goes to me, you want a bag for those? And I'm like, yeah, and he looked at me like I had two heads, and he goes, you want a bag for those? I go, yeah, he goes, you want a bag for those? I go, it's eight loose items. He goes, you want a bag? I go, and then I just snapped, and I was like, I went, no, you know what? I'm from Africa. I'll just balance them on my head as I walk back to the village. Okay? <laughs> I have an armoire in the parking lot. I'm going to throw in that and drag that home. I mean, what, why, why do I have to negotiate? Everything's a negotiation. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's California weirdness because yeah. my family's from the south, and I was just in Louisiana, and because I'm so used to having to ask for a bag here when I was there at like the Piggly Wiggly or whatever the grocery store is, yeah. I'm like. Uh, can I have a bag? And they were like, of course you can have a bag. Why would, what a stupid question. Exactly. You know, they're like, why would I not give you a bag? And then, and then, the guy, and then the guy was like, well, maybe you, you could self check out and self bag. I go, no, I don't want to do that. I go, and I, and I'm not picking on the, the little guy here. Like I understand like that. That's not the, that's the bag. It's the boss that's telling, cause they're trying to save money. So they eliminate people. They put automated things and I get it. But like I said, I, now I'm like, I'm first of all, I can't, scan because i always get the barcode that's never it's always ripped always fucking every item i get it's ripped so like and then i have a temper right so like i start scanning and then there's a voice in the machine that goes it did not scan it did not scan and like i'm like whore fuck you like i'm yelling at the it's scanning what is wrong with you and then a manager has to come over and then he goes well you know you can self-bag and self-check out i go i don't want to do that i go what's next so you send me to the meat department, you hand me a shotgun and a live cow and tell me to go at it. Like, I'm not my own butcher. Do I have to go catch the fish myself? Like, fuck. So it's all of that where I get sort of, and, you know, my wife's like, oh, let it go. You got to pick your spots. And I'm trying to be better about it. But I get into a lot of like, you know, where I think there's something not right about, like, especially consumer situations. Like, I'm the guy that has to talk to the manager. Like, I'm that guy. Really? Yeah. And your wife is there. Your wife kind of like, like calms calm, you down. Like, even like whatever, like. I I had lunch. I live in New York, and I had lunch at a diner, and there were uh, I was with a guy, and he had like a big salad with grilled chicken. I had a small size salad with a scoop of tuna and two sodas. Okay, now be be realistic. Two salads, a couple of sodas. How much should that cost? Even for New York prices, which are kind of like San Francisco prices. So how much should that cost? Two salads and two sodas. Yeah, seventeen dollars. Forty-two dollars. What? Exactly. Now, I see it, but I'm with this guy, and it's kind of like a business meeting. And it's a diner, nice diner slash restaurant, you know, not a dive, but not fancy. But I've been going to it for like four or five years. It's in our neighborhood. 
So now I feel like I'm getting screwed, so I sign it, and it's eating away at me. Like, why is it $42? Why is it 40? And I go back to the Daily Show. We're in rehearsal, and I'm not focused. I'm just, why is it? I'm looking at the... And I pull out the receipt, and they charge me $7 for a scoop of tuna. Right. That's exactly the face. A scoop of tuna? One, seven, <laughs> se- right. Now, even for New York, where you used to get in hose, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, right? So I'm the guy that always has to talk to the manager. So I call the diner up. I go, I want to talk to the manager. See, this is where like my wife and the rest of the world goes, all right, let it go. You got It's $42. There's bigger things in life. Nah, I'm now it's like the fucking principle of the thing. Right. right. So I call up and I go, look, I want to talk to the manager. He goes, yeah, what's up? I go, you charged me seven bucks for a scoop of tuna. Why? He goes, well, I had to charge it like it was a sandwich. I go, but it wasn't a sandwich. He goes, yeah, but I had to. I go, there was not a sandwich. There was no evidence of bread, lettuce, tomato. There was nothing. I go, it was just a scoop of tuna. He goes, but I had to. I go, what's this I had to? I go, was there like, is there some governmental authority with a gun to your head that says you had, there's no law. Was there a law passed recently in Congress that you have to, he goes, no, I had to. And I go, well, I want my money back on the scoop of tuna. So I now start negotiating to get like $3 back on my scoop of tuna. So I'm, yeah. So I'm like, okay. I'm, and so I go, I want $3 back. I'm going to come back at six o'clock. So now I'm hovering. You ever have those moments where you're hovering above yourself and you realize uh, you got to move to the woods? Like you can't live with people anymore? Yeah. Because that's why I hear myself having to negotiate with a scoop of tuna. I'm like, this is bullshit, right? So he goes, no. So he goes, that's it. I go, look. It wasn't even a scoop of tuna. Now I'm like yelling into the phone. It was a it was a scoop of mayonnaise with a hint of tuna, and you're screwing me. And he goes, I don't care. We're still gonna charge you like it was a like it was a sandwich. I go, oh, yeah. If you're gonna charge me like it was a sandwich, I want my whole goddamn sandwich. And I got in a cab and I drove all the way back, and I made him wrap me up two slices of wheat bread, oh the no, the lettuce, the tomato, the pickle, <laughs> and the two swords that go in the sandwich. The cab ride cost me 25 bucks, but I proved my point. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was your wife with you? Was no, she aware but of she's that? just like, why Why would you? I said, because it's the principle thing, because I believe you have to be like a human speed bump for people. Otherwise, they're going to continue to be assholes. I get it. So I go I get like, that. so like, if I'm going to do this, then like, you know, I, I'll, I, they will like stop and they won't be a douchebag to the next person. But of course, that probably doesn't make a difference. And all the guy thinks is that I'm an asshole and like whatever. So. I get that, and I also think it's an East Coast thing. Like, I have a friend who's from New Jersey, and she's very, you know, she when she wants something, she wants it. It was at Whole Foods, and she wanted smoked turkey, and they were like, we shut the thing down. She's like, I don't care. You're still open. Go get it. Yeah. You know, whereas, and people in California are like, oh, my God. Well, and but it, to her, and that's, the, yeah. And the Midwest is like that. There's a thing in Minnesota called Minnesota Nice, where they're just everybody's smiling all the time, like, hey. Hi. And I that makes me suspicious. Like I, I that I get freaked out when somebody smiles because life's not I mean, it's not that fucking perfect. You shouldn't be smiling all the time. Sorry. So and they're very passive aggressive there. So I go into the airport and it's exactly what you said. And I you know, some people tend to just be more like right out there with it like this, right? So I go into the airport and I never been to the airport before and I couldn't find baggage claim. I was looking everywhere for it. And a TSA agent walks by and uh and uh, and I go uh, and I and I was very nice. Uh, I go, excuse me, uh, to this guy, can you tell me where baggage claim is, right? Uh huh. That was very nice. And now there's like a million ways he could have answered that question. And he gets this like big shitty grin on his face and he goes, oh yeah. Oh, by the way, all the people from my plane are walking 
in the same direction to my left, but like I don't know where they're walking, right? So I go, tell me where the baggage claim is. And he goes, oh, yeah. Big smile and says, yeah, you see all those people walking in that direction over there? No. And then he goes like this. He goes, together. And that was the word. The together was the like, fuck you. Like, the was like, see, we're, we're like, in, in the East Coast, I guess people would be like, hey, asshole, follow those people. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Hey, douchebag. Yeah, you see all those people walking, walking with the bags? They're the fuck you want to go. Right. This is like together, like this dig. That's where you want to go. And I just was like, and I try to hold it in and be a better person. And I just called him a fat cocksucker and walked away I know. he had it coming it's like i mean asshole. honestly you know? so that kind coming. of shit happens and it's like all right you know you gotta kind of my wife's like pick your spots let it go i tried but she was like pick your battles yeah yeah yeah. like yeah, yeah. choose where you're gonna yeah, fight yeah, yeah, how yeah, long yeah. have you been married um <clears throat> we've been together god 27 years we met in high school we dated uh like 12 13 years before we got married yeah you married your high school sweetheart? Yeah, well, look That's at me. That's the who coolest would let, thing who ever. Who would let me go? Come on, I'm a hunk of meat over here. <laughs> yeah, we dated 12 years before we got married. She that proposed. That is so cool. Finally. Really? Yeah. I can't tell you exact words because I get really emotional, but they ended with, or get off the pot! No. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and we're completely opposites. Like, she's calm and cool and collected, and I'm like, I'm just like Mr. Frenetic all over the place, and like, you know, but she's like, like one thing at a time and then move on one thing at a time and then move on and i get like and um and people say to me like is it, when you're together that long is there manipulation like and i go well everybody manipulates um and uh they said well don't you do, who do you think he manipulates more they asked me like men or women and i'm like i think everybody manipulates equally i think women manipulate better than men because you can you know you have control of the sex thing you could use that to manipulate uh -huh. if you want to like you know i was i said to the guy like the caveman I think he invented fire because there was a woman complaining. It's too cold to have sex. Boom, there's the fire right there. Oh, my God. That's guys inspired. That, that's, that's totally. That's, so great things have been achieved by men because women can use sex to have uh, that. So, so like, we get we get sort of, um, w w you know, we, we I have this thing where I can't, like, look for stuff, like, in the refrigerator and stuff, and then she gets mad at me that I don't look for stuff. You mean you have to say, like, where is it? Yeah, you have to like, ask her and yeah, she has like, to direct you yeah, like, like, instead you know, of looking? Yeah, so she's like, and then she lectures me. So I'm like, like, where are the pickles? And she's like, uh, you know where they are? I go, no, I don't. And she goes, yes, you do. I go, no, I don't. She goes, they're in the refrigerator because she's in the other room. And I'm like, you know where they are? And I'm like, no. She goes, they're <laughs> on the shelf. And she, I go, they're on the shelf. And then and then she get, then she says this line where I think to myself, uh, I just divorce fuck it no she goes, <laughs> she goes she goes are you looking she goes that thing to me right and i go right. yeah and then she says this next thing and you need like a team of psychiatrists to decipher this i go yeah i'm looking she goes are you look looking or just looking she says that yeah and i'm like i'm looking she goes you never look for things you're like a child you have to look and then and then she gets this like really condescending tone in her voice like she's a control tower talking on the plane and i'm like mentally challenged she's like all right do you see the bread I'm like, yeah, I see the bread. Like, I'm an idiot, right? She goes, all right, well, if you look, you'll notice the pickles are right behind the bread. I'm like, I don't see it. Then this next line, and you hear it, and she says it, and you think, well, it could be justifiable homicide. Uh, you know, she goes, um, uh, she goes, uh, did you move the bread? 
I go, yeah. She goes, did you move, move the bread or just move the bread? I'm like, I moved the bread. She goes, would you move it like two inches? You're like a child. And then I go, all right, I moved the bread. And she goes, uh, I go, I don't see anything. She goes, yeah, I know, because you forgot to buy pickles on the way home last night. So she made me look, and she knew that we didn't have them there. And that was oh her way of getting back God. at me. Yeah, she's, she's, she's funny like that. That's quite a dance. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. a, there's a whole game yeah, involved exactly. in that. But she's really cool. She's That's really cool. awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're here with Paul Mercurio, who is at the Punchline Comedy Club this weekend. Two shows Friday and two shows Saturday. Another thing, and also you do a podcast called Two Chairs and a Microphone. Mm. So I and I heard that you had Paul McCartney on your podcast. I mean, I have to ask, how do you get Paul McCartney to be on your yeah, podcast? Crazy. Uh, he was at the Colbert Report doing a sh- uh, like a special show where you're a writer. Yeah, I was right. working on the show as a, and sort of do and doing the warm up for the show and great show by the way. Oh uh, yeah, it was all me. No. Uh. Well, I mean, I, I've been watching The Daily Show since its infancy, so I yeah. mean, I I probably have been laughing at stuff you've written for a really long oh, time. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. Th- That's great like stuff. There's like a bunch of great writers that worked on that show, and then uh, and then the Colbert Report was like, it's it just kind of all grew out of that thing, right? It was kind of crazy. It just started out as a little thing that I thought, we thought the show would get canceled after a few months, you know, The Daily Show, and then it just kept going and going and going. Yeah. So, um, so... He, I was going through the hallway to get to the studio and standing in the hallway all alone is Paul McCartney, like all alone, leaning against the wall, chewing gum, looking up at the ceiling, like just crazy. Right. So um, my whole world slows down. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Paul McCartney. So I say hi. Should I not say hi? And then I'm like, screw it. It's Paul McCartney. And he's alone. Like there's nobody with him. There's not a handler, not a parrot on his shoulder, nothing. He's fucking like nobody. And I go, I'm going to say hi. He's alone in the hallway. He's like a gazelle on the Serengeti Plains. I'm going to pounce, right? <laughs> so I go, so I go uh, hey, it's great to meet you. <clears throat> Huge fan, big honor. And I walk away. And he goes, oh, come back. He goes, uh, what's your name? I go, Paul. He goes, oh, Paul, that's a good name. And I'm like, I'll do the jokes, asshole. Back <laughs> no. So he goes, uh, what do you do? I go, I'm a stand-up. And I work on the show. Blah, blah. Oh, I love stand-up. Yeah, do you tour? Yeah, I go out. Yeah, you got a kid? Yeah, I got a So five, ten minutes go by. I'm talking to Paul McCartney like I'm talking to you. Now. I'm looking over my shoulder, waiting for somebody to come and tase me in the balls for talking to this guy. Like, right. Right. right? Yeah. And people are walking by me like, oh, my God, Paul McCartney knows Paul, Paul McCartney knows Paul McCartney. Like, I don't know. Right. So. So. And as I'm talking to him, I'm getting closer and closer to his face like that close talker in the Seinfeld episode. Oh, my God. Well, Because he's so iconic. Like I'm looking, is like, you look, just want to touch him? He's look, so yeah, he looks amazing. Like he's looking a little, just a little like like wrinkles around his eyes, and that's it. Like you ever see those like chimps on the National Geographic channel that clean like fleas off their mates? Like I was so close, I could have cleaned ticks off his eyebrows. Oh that's my god! I was like, and he was leaning like backwards. And I'm like, I gotta leave this guy, right? I gotta right. Leave. So. I go into the bathroom and I call my wife and I'm hyperventilating. I'm literally like, you're not going to believe this. I just talked to Paul McCartney. She goes, where are you? I go, I'm at the bathroom at the Colbert Report. She goes, what are you, are you, are you joking over there? I'm like, no. It's not, <laughs> oh my God, it's not what? Tuesday. Come on. <laughs> and uh, I go, I just talked to Paul McCartney. She goes, oh, that's really cool. So I hang up the phone and then I go, Paul McCartney should do my podcast. Like that's how my brain works, right? Which is complete, and then he's seventy-two. I'm thinking he probably doesn't even know what a podcast is, right? Right. So I go into his dressing room and I knock on the door and I go, "Look, I know this is crazy, but I love to talk to people about their process. Would you do my podcast?" And he goes, "Yeah, sure, just like that, like that fast." Now, you know, I love the look on your face because that was exactly the look. On I'm my just face. dumbfounded. I, I was like, like, right. So I'm standing there. It was and that now, easy. Well, right. But then I go. 
So he goes, well, you know when you're in like high school and there's that hot girl or hot guy you want to ask out, but they're way above your pay grade, and you're like, well, I'm going to ask him out anyway. And when I'm 90, I'll know that I asked him and no regrets. And, and But they're going to say no, and instead they say yes, and you don't have a plan. Yes. That was me. And he goes, yeah, sure, how would we do it? And I literally, this is what I sounded like. I, these noises came out of my head. I'm like, um... Ah, uh, I start rubbing myself like Rain Man. I'm like, ah, uh, I can come to London. And he goes, Why? we're in a room together in New York. Why would you come to London? And then he goes, is it easy to do? And I actually said to Paul McCartney, the most influential musician in the last century, yeah, oh, God, I don't want to be bothered. It's really easy. Uh, you could do it on your phone naked from your toilet. I'm like, what the fuck am I saying? No. Like, you know what? I get that. I get what you meant because that's where right? my head would be. I, mean, I would you, be trying to explain the same stars. thing. You, I get like, it. You know, like you're oh, just so – because your, your, your brain's going, say something, say something, but don't say anything stupid. So, like, two things are going on in your brain. And I literally am rubbing myself and I'm sweating and I never get, oh I'm like, ah, ah, like those heads, <laughs> out of my head. It was like, ah, ah, and I go, look, I go, I'm going to go find your assistant. I'll leave you alone and I'll set it up. This was the mind fuck right here. He goes, no, you and I'll do it. I go, what? He goes, you and I will just arrange it directly. I go, what do you mean? He goes, give me your number. I'll give you my number. And when I call you, you have to be ready because I'm on tour and I'm busy. And I went. I'm not going to fuck you, old man. No. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'd fuck him. It's Paul McCartney. Yeah, it's Paul McCartney. There. So I'm handing my, I write my number on a post-it. My hand is shaking, and I'm handing this post-it to Paul McCartney, and then he hands me his post-it. And I thought, okay, I got the nicest blow-off on the face of the planet. This guy is never going to call me. He's been knows how to blow people off without hurting their feelings. He does the show. Amazing. He finishes. Now, I'm rushing to get to The Daily Show, which tapes two blocks away, and I'm late. So my phone rings, and I don't recognize the number, and I let it ring the voicemail. <gasps> but why is, would you do that when you just exchanged I numbers with Paul was McCartney? Because I think a combination of I thought it was no fucking way. If I told you Paul McCartney's going to call you, nothing against you, you'd be oh, like, yeah, no, you're I fucking crazy. Of, of like course. If I told you like George Clooney's going to call you or Scarlett Johansson, you'd be like, right, they're not going to fuck there was no plus. I was like more. I, I was like late for the Daily Show taping. I had to get over there. Like so, I was in a different right. headspace. Right. So the phone rings, and it's, and I just don't. I'm like, oh, I, and I remember saying like, I I can't deal with this now. So I just let it ring the voicemail, and then as I walk outside and I'm walking down Eleventh Avenue, New York City, this is the message that I pick up on my phone. Hey, Paul. It's Paul McCartney here. Um, I'm gonna ring you back in five minutes to do the podcast thing. I've got some time now. Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. So if you're there in five minutes' time, you got me. Okay, bye. Oh, my God. Now, if I had told... Oh, my right? God. Now, if I had told my friend who... Oh, sorry. If I had told, <laughs> if I had told my friend... That was my song after that. If I had told my friend who does an impression of Paul McCartney, leave a funny message and say... Like he did it perfectly. He had to like, like he had to identify himself as Paul McCartney. I thought was hilarious. Like yeah, we know Paul, right? Right. So, so now I'm standing in the middle of Manhattan, and I just received this call. Now you know when you see somebody who's not quite mentally right, and they're talking to these voices in their heads out loud. That's what I look like from afar. Because if you saw me, all you would see was a guy standing there with his phone down by his side, going, "Fuck, shit, screen call, Paul McCartney, never." Oh, oh, I suck. Like, none of the words made sense. Like, you know, so people look at me like, oh, there's a crazy guy. Um, so I run. I Now I get my pad out, and I am I got my backpack, and I'm writing questions of what I think I want to ask him 
was like, I'm not fucking prepared. I bullshitted. I didn't have a line. I didn't have a studio. My studio was in L.A. at the time. So I rush into The Daily Show. We have a private phone booth thing. And I get in there, and I call the studio in L.A., and I go, I have Paul McCartney available for an interview. I need a recording line right now. So now you guys are in this business. You would really appreciate this. The guy goes just like this, completely nonplussed. He goes, just this tone of voice. He goes, yeah, we got uh, somebody in the studio right now. We don't have any uh, lines available. Just like that. Not, oh, my God, you got Paul McCartney not. Just like that. And I turned into this guy and I snapped. I went, did you not hear me? I said, I have Paul McCartney. I said, unless you have Jesus Christ or John Lennon in that fucking studio, get him out right now. So he goes, what? And I had to call Paul McCartney back three times, install him for a half hour. And I go, look, I'm getting a line. It'll be five minutes. Okay, man, you got to hurry. You got to go. Okay, hang on. We don't have it yet. We don't have it yet. I was like, oh, shit. And I'm now, I'm like, and I'm looking at the clock because we're supposed to be taping in like 20 minutes. So I've got like 20 minutes to get this set up, get the interview in, because once they page me, I got to hang up a fucking Paul McCartney. Right. So I, I call him one last time. I go, look, I can't. I'm having a nervous breakdown. I can't get a line set up. I go, we have a, I, I said we're having technical problems, whatever. I go, could you, could you, could you just another day? I'll, any day, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll go. He goes, no, man. He goes, this is like really busy. This is You got me now. You got to get me now. And I go, all right, give me one more second. I hang up. I call. They get the line. I call them back. I go, um, okay, I'm ready for Paul. And they go, hold on. He's in the bathroom. So now, uh, now I'm picturing Paul McCartney taking a shit. Like, oh, that's my all, God. Like, that's all I'm, and then I'm thinking it's probably the most genius shit ever. He's a genius. Everything he does. Probably. Right, right. Right. Like, it's all like whatever. And uh, it's like, you know, <laughs> kaleidoscope and fucking whatever. Um, and then he gets on the phone. He goes, hello, Paul. And then I go, all right, we're ready. And then we did it. It was crazy. Oh, my God. And all God. I talked to him about was process. Like, I didn't want to talk to him about the bullshit of, like, did you hate Yoko and all the infighting. Because I, I get fast. I'm fascinated by process and how people do what they do. Yeah. And especially musicians, because I have no, I don't know, are you musically inclined at all? Can you? Not really. No, yeah. but I'm, my, my dad is a musician. Yeah, so, so I don't know how they do that. Like, what I do is, I think, way simpler. Like, you think of a word and you write it down and say it. They have to harmony and the sound and the thing and then the what lyric like i don't know how that brain works and I, and so i so we just talked about process and how they did what they did and they touring is like young kids in a van around england and like so it was pretty crazy yeah that is so crazy yeah how really did your nice. podcast blow up though when yeah, the, i mean it was it like yeah it that's got to be the biggest gift for a podcast yeah it blew up then and it blew up i don't know if you remember this daft punk controversy with stephen colbert and the colbert report but he, they were going to be one of our final guests on the colbert report and mtv owns comedy central and and uh a co there's mtv networks which owns comedy central vh1 mtv and mtv was going to have daft punk on the video music awards a few weeks later so that the last minute they told stephen colbert show the late show with um, the Colbert Report that they couldn't have Daft Punk and it created this big controversy and Stephen went on the air and basically shit all over the president of MTV and, and like just called him an ass and like just fucking it. and it and so I happened to be recording Stephen for my podcast literally two days later or the next day and I said I don't know if you want to talk about this or not and he goes yeah we'll talk about it and he talked about the whole thing and then it got picked up. It got picked up like by CBS and all these morning shows and stuff because it was like a big thing for like four or five days because it was a branded brand, what they call a branded spot. So it was it was like Hyundai was Hyundai was like sponsoring and now Daft Punk. It's one of those kind of things. Uh huh. So like now you had to go hustle and find and it was just 
but yeah, so that it blew up then. But if with Paul, it just was like crazy. It was like insane. That's awesome. I I'm gonna totally check that out. So in your podcast, there's there's the one where you interview Stephen Colbert. Is there yeah, only one? All, uh, yeah. There's there's like I don't know. We got like 190 episodes. There's uh. uh Brian Cranston, Judd Apatow, Adam. Uh, God, you got amazing guests. Adam McKay, uh, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Listen, I'm not a wrestling fan. It was really fascinating how wrestlers do what they do. Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you like. Something. I love that. He's great. Adam Savage from uh, MythBusters, local guy, buddy of mine. Oh, really? Yeah, there's something for everybody because I have a variety of tastes. The guy, that, the executive producer of 60 Minutes. Really interesting. So there's something for everybody, I think. Anyway, so it's free on iTunes. It's called Two Chairs and a Microphone. You just give us your email, and it comes every whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, What's yeah, Stephen yeah. Colbert like? Is he nice? Is he cool? He's a big alcoholic, big drinker. Drugs, a lot of drugs. <laughs> oh, he's a huge coke fiend. Uh, no, he's a very sweet guy. Um, one leg is shorter than the other. No. Um, he's really <laughs> No, he's a really nice guy. He's uh, very nice to the staff, real family guy. Like Everything you read about him is like pretty much straight up like, yeah. And, you know, the show's the show's fun, you know. We had fun on the Daily Show. We get in trouble. We did a Monica Lewinsky thing that got us in trouble in a big way. Really? Yeah, we she was rehabilitating her career and then like with all this ads, like doing ads and stuff and getting a handbag line and I we my writing partner and I wrote, Well, this isn't all she's doing. She's also got an uh, endorsement from the milk industry and we had them put a cum shot all over her face and it's Oh my god and it said got milk at the bottom of it. And we held the picture back from uh, the network before we did the show because we knew that if we put it in, they'd pull it. And the president of the network saw it at 11 o'clock and he like sat bolt upright in bed. He goes, who authorized that? <laughs> who is it? And they pulled the show and they never re-aired the show. Yeah. Really? But we thought she deserved it. She was a fucking asshole. So. But that's just, that's so cool. And, we, and he got mad at us. You know when your dad gets mad at you, but he's proud of you at the same time? Right. He, he would yell at us. He goes, you, you can't do that. You. And he'd start smiling. But we found out. And we kind of knew at the time that he wanted us to go over the line and then he'd pull us back. Otherwise, we would have just been like any other, like whatever. So so, he, so we got ourselves in trouble a few times, but I think he was okay with that. That's but, so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And you've been writing for, you wrote for the Daily Show back when it was Craig Kilborn too, yeah, right? And then into and then into, uh, into the, and then into when John came. So like you've basically always been writing for the Daily Show. Yeah, I, in one form or another, I've worked on the show. I've done warm-up on the show. Um, I've been involved in that show and then the Colbert Report, and then I wasn't going to do the Late Show with Colbert, but they asked Stephen asked if he want to come do some stuff, and I I just we I have kind of a loose affiliation with it because I can't be full time because I got all this other stuff to do. I got to go around and get in arguments with people. That's my thing, you know. Yeah, that's what you do. Got to argue about tuna. You know, you know what I've been. You got to get about. your money back or your bread. Do you that's exactly? What you do. Do you, I, this has been on my mind that I've been talking about this. My my. Do you have a dog? I have two cats. Okay. You, you do. You, my dog finds me annoying. I have a, we have a child golden retriever mix. My dog, whenever I walk into a room, immediately gets up and he walks into the other room. Really? I don't mean after like five minutes. I mean my foot literally hits the floor and he looks up at me and he goes, "Ugh, this asshole again." And he walks into the other room. And then if I walk into that room that he just walked into, he looks at me like, "Really? I just got comfortable in here." Hey, you're in that room. I'm in this room. And my wife's like. It's the sound of your voice. He he finds it annoying. I'm like, oh my god! What do I sound like? Sirens and fireworks? Like I don't. What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> I sound like a vacuum cleaner. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, do I? I go. I go. I go. This is weird role reversal. Like dogs are supposed to annoy humans. Humans are. Yeah. He's like the human in the relationship. Like I'm afraid to go to sleep there. I'm afraid I'm gonna. I'm really afraid that I'm gonna wake up. He's gonna be driving me to the pound to get neutered. Like, <laughs> 
So Yeah, that's kind of cat like behavior. Yeah, he's kind of passive aggressive, that dog. I think he's from Minnesota, that's something. I of think bitch. he is, because that's what I've learned from you. <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna trust those Minnesotans. Exactly. Many Satans. Exactly. Next time I go there. Many Satans. <laughs> Thank you so much for being yeah, on the show. A lot of fun. Great um, it looks like we're we're out of time, but I'm so glad that you came. Yeah. And you're doing two shows Friday and two shows Saturday at the punchline. And one uh, one tonight, Thursday night. Yep. And uh your website, paulmacario.com, where you can find out more tour dates at social media it's at paul mercurio that's m-e-c-u-r-i-o right and um for our listeners in other places in april 13th through the 15th comedy castle in royal oak michigan april 27th through the 29th comics at mohegan sun in connecticut yeah. thank you so much thank paul you. This is a it's blast. been great yeah nice to meet you nice to meet you